The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here. It's Wednesday, so Charlie Weston is with us. We're going to be talking in a moment about how the increased petrol and diesel costs are benefiting the government's finances rather than yours. But let's start today by talking about Revolut, because what's the significance of it starting to roll out Irish IBAN numbers? Yeah, this is a big move for for, uh, Revolut, Matt, and as you know, they're massive um, in this country already uh, after a very short while, two million customers. But they've been hampered by having Lithuanian bank of identification numbers, which sometimes means that people want to set up direct debits and payments on this the app. They're just refused. And it's called IBAN discrimination and it's long dogged uh, Revolut. They're now switching over. They're now uh, a bank. They have uh, Revolut Bank UAB, a European business, and they're ditching the Lithuanian IBANs and they're going to issue Irish ones. So if you open a uh, an account now with with um, Revolut, you'll get an Irish IBAN. So you know it'll be it'll start with um, uh, IE rather than LT. So it'll be immediately recognisable in this country, and gradually then p- existing customers of the um, of the business will migrate to these Irish uh, IBANs. You know the the, the IEs. So and you'll be told soon when you start making payments. Look, at, you need to switch over to an Irish IBAN. The, you know you won't be blocked out of the system or anything, but you'll be constantly reminded every time you, you make a payment. So if you've got payments coming out or direct debits or whatever set up as part of your Revolut account, you're going to need to kind of inform them that you're getting a new IBAN, a new uh, bank identification number, uh, which is very positive. And you know it'll be put the wind up the banks here because you know this 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 uh, Revolut now is is is. is by the day, offering new services and uh, they're, they're just breaking down any problems they had. Like they've credit cards, they've loans, they've uh, buy now, pay later options, uh, you know, um, and the loans are good value So how as well. close to a full banking service is Revolut? Just, the, the one thing they're not, they don't have is mortgages, Matt, but they have talked about doing that. They're just not there on that yet. But, you know, uh, it, it it really is uh, growing fast and it, it's it's very popular among, particularly among younger people. They all have Revolut accounts because it's, the payment system is well, good. it's become a verb. They it has. Revolut, Revolut each me. Other m- money. Revolut me, Dad, is a phrase I hate, but I hear a lot. Uh, rev me, you know. Um, but it's, it's just so easy to make payments, isn't it, you know? Um, and, and, and so it's, it's become big. And, and what about, the, the, banks the, here and what about are, the Irish banks and their instant transfer system? Where's that at? They've been talking about this forever, Matt, and it's got regulatory approval and, you know, they... Um, the banks came together and originally came together with, with KBC and Ulster Bank were involved in, in this group. It took them a long time to get over the competition concerns about that. Um, they should be ready to go, but we haven't seen it yet. It's going where to be called it? You Pay. Exactly. Where is it? You know, what are you doing, lads? You're, you're, How you're, difficult you're, is it? If Revolut can bring it in and can make it so that everyone who wants to can easily transfer money using their mobile phones or whatever, why is it so difficult for the Irish banks? Surely the technology... Is there? That, is yeah, it should be there, Matt. It's a software issue, I think. You know, because they've they've got over the regulatory hurdles. They've put the money into it. They have a separate setup called Cinch, uh, a company they set up to do all this. You know, they're ready to roll it, but we haven't seen it. We were told it'd be out before Christmas. We're into March now, mid March. Watch year. Exactly. We still haven't seen it. And you know, every day that they lose here, Revolut just creeps in, just 
ch- chips away at their, at their base. Now, obviously, the two big banks and, and Permit TSB, they're happy that they're getting all those customers that were with KBC and Ulster. So they've beefed up. They've huge numbers of customers now. But an instant payment is absolutely essential for a bank now. Uh, the, the problem is legacy systems in those banks are so poor that I think there's software issues about integrating a, a payments, a rapid pay, an instant payment system into AIB, Bank of Ireland and Permanent TSB's legacy crappy systems which haven't been invested in enough over the years. Okay, because I can just think of it, and my kid's looking for money off me as well. I actually don't have a Revolut account. I use my bank account to transfer, but it can take one to three days depending on what bank they're with before they actually receive the funds. Whereas I can transfer money to my daughter and she can have it in seconds. You can see it as soon as I send a WhatsApp saying that should be there now. They can see it immediately. So, you know, I mean... It, it, so they're it, handicapping themselves. They're totally handicapping. They're hobbling themselves. They're kneecapping themselves. It's extraordinary that it's taking them so long. But I just don't think... I, th- I don't think there's any willful kind of, you know, that they don't want to do this, that they're, you know, uh, they're being complacent. It's just that it's difficult to integrate the different systems they have, uh, old legacy systems, into a new fast turnaround, rapid pace, a system. Uh, you know, the, the, the advantage Revolut here is they started from scratch. They had some great developers, uh, software developers who came up with a great system and they have a marquee system and, uh, and uh, they're just putting the rest to shame, unfortunately. Okay, now let's talk a little bit about petrol and diesel prices because the government reduced the levels of duty on this to try and make them more affordable going back about a year ago. And they're tapering off these reliefs now. But there's been some figures put together as to how much extra money the government will get as a result of reinstating the previous excise duties. Yeah, huge amount of money. You know, no wonder they wanted to put it back to where it was. They, you know, it was a temporary measure just to help people because petrol and diesel had gone up so much. There, there, was, there was a reduction in the excise duty. And now remember, there's excise duty, there's VAT, there's carbon tax, there's a, a levy for the oil reserve agency on, on, on petrol and diesel. So the, the government temporarily reduced the excise duty last year, but they're going to put it back in place gradually from June the 1st. It's going to bring them in an extra 700 million euros over a full year. Now that's according to a doll question that was asked by independent TD for Leash Offaly, Carl Nolan. Uh, you know, a huge amount of money, uh, nearly half a billion euros in, in, in a year uh, on, from uh, petrol, uh, VAT then on top of that, and then diesel about 160 million plus VAT on top of that, you know. So no wonder they wanted to go back to this. And you know what the irony of this is, Matt? There was a budget in Britain today. They're going to keep a reduced rate of excise duty in, 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 in Britain, which means in the north, they'll have a cost advantage over the Irish petrol station. So I wouldn't like to be a petrol station on the border where it'll probably be between about 7 and 10 cents cheaper after October once uh, our excise duty is fully back up to, to, to the high point that it was. Uh, it just seems unfair to do that. And I was talking to Fuels for Ireland about that and, you know, they, they just think that's, that's very difficult now. Uh, it's, it's very unfair to have, to, not, to, to have done that. We can't coordinate these things with, with the British, but, you know, it, it really was a small measure that could have helped people because there's so much tax on your fuel, half of but every litre of petrol you put into the tank, Matt, is, it goes back to the government in, in taxes and levies. But I presume what the government 
could do is use the money that they get from that to fund for things like the electricity payments or the 200 euro per quarter that they're paying. You would hope so, you know, but, um, you know, because let's face it, the, the, the driver is hosed in this country. You know, the, the, the average driver, according to the AA, spends about 2,000 euros a year on fuel. I have a lot of people on to me today saying, not where I'm living, I'm a rural dweller, I need the car, it's costing me about 4,000 euros in diesel. As we know, diesel's kind of a lot, a lot tends to be dearer than petrol. Uh, the only good thing is that petrol and diesel prices haven't moved much this month compared with last month. Uh, you know, oil prices are all over the, the place at the moment, the crude oil, but they did come down a bit in the last few days because of fears that the global banking collapse would lead to maybe a recession in America. So, uh, but, you know, only a fool would predict where they're going because there was also figures out today from the International Energy Agency saying that oil demand would probably go up because the Chinese are getting back up to full production. So God knows where it's going to go. I mean, this was a small measure for drivers in the context of the government's uh, exchequer returns. So it's just a pity that it's going to go and it's infuriated a lot of people that they, they took this away. Okay, we're going to have Dan O'Brien with us in the next hour talking about the impact on the safety of the banks, whether of these, uh, the Silicon Valley Bank experience could be replicated. But you have an angle you just want to briefly look at about how it might cause a rethink by the European Central Bank on interest rate hikes. That's right, Matt. Yeah, the European Central Bank has been engaged in a frenzy of rate increases. We've had five of them so far. Uh, and we're due another one tomorrow, probably half a percent. It's unlikely that they'll... The, be deflected from that. They'll announce that tomorrow. But there was an expectation that there will probably be another three interest rate rises this year. They may, they may well now rethink that, given that the global financial system now is very rocky today. You mentioned Silicon Valley Bank. Credit Suisse uh, Bank is looking for help from the Swiss uh, Central Bank. There's other American banks that look very shaky. Uh, it may not be wise to keep going with aggressive interest rate rises because these banks seem to have got caught out by interest rates that went up very fast and you know some of the, uh, it's technical reasons but they bought bonds that are uh, yo- low yielding and when they go to sell them they're making losses but uh, so you know the, the central banks around the world particularly the Fed in America and the European Central Bank may just rethink now this this this, this kind of bevy of incre- increases that they were planning, which could be good for people on trackers or people coming off fixed rates or first-time buyers trying to buy in the market uh, with, with interest rates constantly rising. This week alone, we've had two lenders increasing their, their, their rates and there were big, hung, chunky rate increases as well. Finance Ireland, 0.75% increase. Um, EBS, some of, the, some of their rates went up by 0.75%. Uh, and there'll be more, you know, Okay, we're going to have to leave it there. Charlie Weston, personal finance editor of the Irish Independent. Thank you. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today, F-